Welcome back to the UCFB Football Podcast, brought to you by Blue Check Wembley. Uh, so I didn't have a game this week because the thirds unfortunately got knocked out of the cup in the last round, but how did you boys get on this week? I'll let you go first, Marley. It was a, it was a good week. Um, I think it was a week that brought back a lot of confidence going into this week's fixture, which is a really important one. But it also showed the team sort of what they're made of. It was a 4-3 win away to King's College. It really had to dig in there and, and, and get the result. UCFB started re- the game really well. So we had Ricky Kenny come in from the thirds. Um, and he did a great job in midfield just sitting. Because Jacob Sim moved back in defen- into defence because Toby Mitchell was unavailable. And uh, Sim did really well sort of deputising as, as skipper for the day. Um, he really organised that defence and yeah, he did a great job. And you, yeah, like I said, UCFB got off to a great start, um, going 1-0 up against uh, uh, Kings through Callum Norman. It was some great work uh, by uh, Joe Waite down the right-hand side. Kings, obviously, being a league below, showed that they weren't just there to make up the numbers and they, they fought back with two more goals to put us 2-1 down. But that sort of woke UCFB up, sort of, um, you know... Sort of that it wasn't going to be an easy game, and they came back, and it it was almost after the second goal really that they really started to play football and and a, a good quality of football as well, and and they they almost got their reward sort of in an unlucky way or a lucky way should I say, because they were pressing. Joe Waite started the press as he always does. It was Callum Norman again that pressed the keeper, and it literally just bounced off him and went in. It was, <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of luck, but. It was the sort of luck that you make of your own. So at 2-2, UCFB sort of pressed on and they felt like they were the better side and that if they just played their football, they would go in. Uh, they would go in to be able to go into the next round. And it looked like that was going to happen when they went 3-2 up. Cross came in from the corner and it went all the way through, falling to Joe Waite at the back post again, who again turned provider and, and crossed it in. And big Joel Nagindi rose and headed it in and that was sort of all she wrote by half time UCFB went in three to up and, and the message from from the managers was that it's the performance was hadn't been up to standard um, but if we keep going then we will we will go through because we are the better side Kings came out exactly how I expected them to they came out with intent they came out with intensity and they got their reward they they managed to equalise and from there, the game sort of went very, very balanced, but it was very erratic. There wasn't, no one could really get control of the ball. No one could really get sort of that purchase and on possession. And and it looked as though it might be going to extra time, which which showed in, in Jake Carradice's decision to leave some of the subs to a lot later in the game. Because um, obviously if it did go to extra time, then you'd want to bring on some fresh legs with that extra half an hour looming. But then in the 78th minute, uh, Joe Waite received the ball in the box and it was the defender came in so naively. It was just a case of when he was going to be fouled, not if. You you could just you were just waiting for it to happen and eventually he was brought down and and UCFB were awarded a penalty. Um and then he as he does slotted it away coolly and then it was just a case of UCFB defending well and hanging on and which they did to win 4-3 and now we're in the next round of the cup so yeah it was a, it was a good day at the office because it showed the resolve that UCFB had but it also showed that there, 
they goals from all around the pitch, different type of goals. Um, so it was a really promising sign. It was obviously good for some of the thirds to step up and help us out as well as we were missing. I think it was four players we were missing. So we were, for numbers we were we were struggling a bit, but the the lads came in and did really well. How about you, Sean? How did you get on? Uh, on the contrary, um, the women's academy probably had one of the worst days I've ever seen for them as a team. Um, from a neutral standpoint, probably the best game of uni football I've ever witnessed. Um, it was a 7-6 loss to St. Mary's. Wow, a lot of goals then. 13 goals um, spread over the two halves and it was such a it was such an insane game. It was constant end-to-end. I think there was only really a period of about 20 minutes where... Um, where one team had the upper hand and were like quite clearly coasting, and that was for UCFB. Um, just after half time, um, they really started to kick on and um, looked like they were controlling the game. But that came before a monumental downfall. It was a complete capitulation. Um, something that this team won't forget for the rest of the season. I reckon they'll have gone away from from last week really hurt about it. So the the game started with. UCFB grabbing the first goal. It was Charlie Cowper who latched onto the end of a of a loose ball and just managed to stab it home. It was um, the threat down the right hand side with Kira Perdue, who's been really good this season. She's looking like a top top player. She managed to get a cross in, and I think the keeper spilled it, and Charlie was able to stab it home for one nil. But then straight away it was it was St Mary's that were building the attacks. They were constantly putting long balls down the channels and they were causing a lot of problems for our fullbacks uh, which eventually they managed to score from I think it was maybe 10 minutes after after the first goal had gone in and then a couple of minutes after the, that exact same thing again so UCFB were 2-1 down um, just before half time Megan Alloway picked up a picked up an injury she was able to continue but it did mean there'd be some hefty additional time added on to the end of the first half I think it was 7 minutes in which UCFB managed to equalise bring it back to 2-2 then St. Mary's scored again, making it 3-2. And then UCFB equalised again, all in the space of that seven-minute additional time that was added on. Um, oh, wow. So it was just... It, it sounds like complete and utter chaos. It was basketball. It was up and down. And at any point, you felt like either team could spring a counter-attack and grab a goal. And it just, it just happened so quickly. It wasn't slow, methodical build-up. It was bang, straight up one end, bang, straight down the other. Um... The pick of the bunch before half time was Savannah Japal's goal. She picked up on the left wing, um, about the halfway line, and drove right across the St Mary's defence before sticking it top bins at the near post, um, just from the edge of the box. It was a fantastic strike. Um, Bit of a missile, was it? It was an absolute missile. It looked like UCFB were going to go in uh, down at half time, but after that, um, it was it lifted spirits because then they were they were level going in. Um, then at halftime, there were a few personnel changes needed. Uh, Rosie, who was playing in goal, had a had an injury to her arm. So Shan Hillis stepped in, coming off the bench uh, to to go in net. It was it was it was big from her because I think that like half of the halftime team talk was spent trying to work out who was going to go in goal because there wasn't a natural keeper in the ranks that we that we could call upon. So um, well that done. That must be a massive issue for the 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 squad that there's not a, a recognised keeper it really is starting to become an issue and I'm not digging players out because obviously playing in goal isn't their their natural position um, but should we have had a, a proper keeper a lot of these goals could have been, been prevented and we probably could have won the game going into the second half it looked like UCFB were really grabbing the ball by the horns and starting to take control 
Um, two quick fire goals from Charlie and Kira put us up uh, 5-3. And at that point, it looked like we were coasting. It looked pretty comfortable. Um, and this is where that goalkeeper issue comes into play. St. Mary's picks up a free kick, probably about 35, 38 yards kind of away from goal. And I think they could sense that it wasn't a natural keeper that was in goal. They just stuck it right on Shan. And um, unfortunately, it, it did go in. So that was 5-4 to UCFB. And again, from that point onwards, it just opened up again. There was no more control for UCFB. Um, it was chances end-to-end. -end. It was it was madness. Um, UCFB did manage to grab the next one, putting us up 6-4 um, through Rio Rosenberg with a fantastic half volley. What a goal. She's a, she's a hell of a player in the centre of the park. And she did the she did the Ronaldo celebration, which which I was happy about. It's so that's one thing, one more thing ticked off the bingo. It is, and uh, I should mention as well in the first half, uh, there was some chants ringing around the around the ground for Jazz King after she scored. Um, the big shout out to the the third team, the, the men's thirds, because they were giving some fantastic support to the girls, and they clapped them off the pitch even after after full time when um, when all was said and done. So at 6-4, you're thinking, all right, 15 minutes to go. UCFB should have this one in the bag. And then it all just went wrong. We were There were eight minutes left and we were two goals ahead. And what followed, I just can't believe. It was a complete and utter downfall. It was honestly painful to watch. 83rd minute, the first one goes in and you're thinking, oh God, it's 6-5 at that point. And then two minutes later, the equaliser, it was... Um, this time Shan actually made a really good save but it did fall to the path of another striker um, who managed to tap it into an empty net so that was really unfortunate and then the game is sort of on tender hooks you know you're not sure which way it's going to go it's 6-6 and in the 89th minute St Mary's grabbed the winner and it was just the, the, the atmosphere that we'd had for that first 20 minutes of the second half where for the first time this season things felt like they were going well for UCFB it was suddenly snatched away and it was completely flipped on its head and it was like a down dejected atmosphere it wasn't nice to be there um things quickly boiled over uh, megan alloway picked up a second yellow the first one for pushing a player and then the second one for her reaction to the first yellow card so we were down to down to 10 but with a couple of minutes to go it, it wouldn't have made a difference anyway um the ref blow full time and it was seven six so UCFB still yet to pick up a win this season, um, which is obviously we're not looking good at the moment. We're five points adrift at the bottom of the league and it's going to need a miracle now to to turn this one around. If, if any team was to be beaten, it was St. Mary's because they were the closest to us in the league and they hadn't had the best start. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking good at all for UCFB now. Uh, it sounds like from a neutral standpoint it's one of them games that you live for because it was just sound like even me just looking at the Twitter because I wasn't there but it looked like a really entertaining game but how do you think UCFB picked themselves up from such a devastating loss? Um, it's a tough one the The thing that they really need to do now is to pull together as a unit I think it's been some individual mistakes that have cost us but I think largely um, as a team defensively it's just nowhere near where it needs to be I think the front three are starting to work well together of Kira, Charlie and Tav um, they did score a really nice goal um, just at the start of the second half the three of them combining to, to work their way through the St Mary's defence but I think we've got five league games left of the season and we need to close that five point gap 
So yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them to do. We're going to need to start churning out some real big performances and it's going to need to start soon if we're going to catch up. I think um, you've touched on it a couple of times. It seems like the goalkeeper situation's a bit, been a bit of an issue for you lot, but it's not really an easy fix, is it, if there isn't a natural keeper in the team? Yeah, this is this is going to be an issue that persists for the rest of the season if we don't manage to find a keeper that's um, a willing to to go in goal for the for the rest of the season and be capable to keep out the goals that should be kept out. You know, it's all well and good if someone hits one top bins and scores, but it's it's the goals that sh- shouldn't go in that you need a keeper to to be there to stop. Um, and again, if UCFB can't get that, then they're really going to struggle. Yes, I think. The first have definitely seen the value of a, of a solid goalkeeper. TJ Kilcullen has definitely, definitely kept us in games at points where we should be three or four down and just save after save after save. You think, oh, how has he got to that? Or or you, if you're a betting man, you put it on the striker to put it in the net and he pulls one out of the bag. He really is, he's been vital for us. So it, it, must, it must be a pain. But even to the point where at 4-3 when we're trying to see the game out just him taking that extra time to pick the ball up those sort of the things you get in sort of goalkeeper training it's the sort of the goalie's handbook that an outfield player is not going to have yeah it's, it, it's almost invaluable in a way but yeah it's something that definitely needs to be solved by the by the women's academy by the sounds of it yeah definitely yeah I think you, you can't you can't have a, a winning team or a team pushing for promotion that doesn't have a high quality goalkeeper in between the sticks I think they're indispensable because it, like, if you've got a, say, a half decent defense, you got some better players, some worse players. Not that the women do, but just, uh, just in general. But obviously, if your keeper's not up to scratch, that's the. There's not really anyone that can. No, like, I mean that 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 is true. But I will also add, you know, the amount of chances the UCFB gave up. You can't really put too much blame on the goalkeepers. You know, if you concede seven in in a game, you can't you can't say, oh, we haven't, we haven't got a proper keeper. You know, the yeah. defense the defense has a part to play. Um and but it, it was just one of those games. Every minute there was a it felt like there was a chance. Um multiple times St. Mary's got through on goal. They had a really pacey striker that just kept getting in behind. One of the goals she scored, um the referee played advantage to a foul in the middle of the park and it like the UCFB defence thought he was just going to be given as a foul but he played advantage because they still had the ball and she just danced through the defence and slotted it away you know it's it's those kind of things that paying attention to the details in defence and making sure that you're a solid unit and not just getting run through by, by one player which she did a couple of times um, I will say Luce Gold put in a really good performance at left centre back um, it felt like during the first half she was the one that was um, really putting her body on the line to stop any any crosses or shots going in, and without that that forty that solid forty five minutes she had, it probably could have been eight or nine, you know, um, which is not how you want to look at a game. But it's we're, we're lucky that she was there to stop it from being that bad. We have got to try and take the positives from it, haven't you? And and in that that game, you've scored more goals than you have in yeah. the rest of the season. So there is that. Maybe that is that final click like you said with the front three that that that's sort of the foundation to build upon obviously you've got to tighten up that defense that's that's clear to everyone but but at least if you can start putting some in the other end as well it puts a bit it gives the opposition something to think about yeah so you've got to try and take the positives from it yeah and it is frustrating because all of the goals UCFB scored are actually really nice good goals 
Um, and then, you know, three or four of the ones that St. Mary's put away were, you're, you're thinking, oh, that should, we shouldn't have like let a goal like that in. So really, yeah, you do have to take the positives. It looked like the attack's starting to click a bit. We'd only scored three goals up into this point uh, all season. So to score six on one day is, is massive and it should give those strikers a, a little confidence boost going into the rest of the season. You were actually winning as well until the last 10 minutes. I think it was just a case of seeing the game out at that point, wasn't it? Like they'd, done all the, they'd done all the hard work to get themselves into the lead. Even even if they'd conceded some goals maybe they shouldn't have done, they were still winning the yeah. game until I think it just maybe the um, lack of composure in that last 10. Yeah, I think... Like when, when that... Uh, Equalising goal went in maybe just a case of heads dropping because obviously it's devastating and it conceding a goal like that. It's exactly what cost us and as I said I think any of the players would tell you that the way that they let go of the game and let St Mary's back into it and then to take the lead was completely unacceptable and I'm sure they'd, they'd have been fuming in the changing rooms after the match at how they'd had it in their hands with a two goal lead and they managed to let it slip within such a short space of time. Um, so I spoke about the challenges I managed to tick off for the bingo. Marley, did you have any that you got this week? We didn't manage to get any this week. And I've been saying it for two weeks now, but I've been promised a Ronaldo celebration <laughs> next week. So hopefully the boys deliver for me. I've been promised it this week. I, I wasn't promised it last week. Let's say I was. Su- it was suggested that it could happen, but this week I've been promised it will happen. See, I need to speak about this as well, because... We got a Ronaldo celebration at the women's game from Rio Rosenberg after she scored. And I sort of looked at her as if to say, was that one for me? And I said to her after the game, like, was was that for the for the UCFB bingo, the podcast bingo? And she looked at me like she didn't have a clue what I was talking about. She just did the Ronaldo <laughs> she just celebration. Done it. <laughs> she just did it of her own accord because she wanted to, which I found hilarious. But it's 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 done a solid for me definitely because now i'm i'm joint level on the bingo with dylan uh with the second so um it it does make it interesting so i'm not complaining at all yeah i think you've got dylan sweating to be honest i don't think i don't think any of us i don't want to say don't don't think any of us thought you were going to get off zero but i don't think think anyone was expecting you to catch up maybe as quickly as you have well no i mean every week we've said oh it only takes one game to turn it around but you don't actually expect it to go that way do you i mean it could have been more i think charlie charlie cowper only needed one more goal for a hat trick didn't she and then you just won from a set piece as well you've been on four already you're lucky to have scored six goals and not had one hat trick or a hat trick of assists yeah, so. um, and the fact that we've had three uh, kicks scored against us two weeks in a row is just rubbing salt in the well, wound. <laughs> I actually had a question for you guys, which yeah. I don't know whether you're going to give me or not. I, I assume you won't, but hmm. but Joe Waite has asked me on his behalf to ask this. He obviously assisted Callum Norman for the first goal. Hmm. He assisted Joel for the second goal. And then he won the penalty for the fourth. Now is that three assists or is that two assists? Now my my gut instinct yeah, but said, also I think he scored the penalty. So can you assist yourself? Oh. Yeah, but it's it's that old thing mm. of See if it was someone else that took the penalty and scored it, I would have said yes. I'd have give it to you for that. Yeah. But what what is the what's the FPL rule? Like the you know, So FPL for, for, for fantasy if you win the if you win the penalty you get an assist. Do, do, so, you, get, do you get the assist if you take the penalty as well? No. Oh. Do not. <laughs> Ah, well, <laughs> unfortunately then, Joe, you do not tick off the hat-trick of assists. It's an interesting one. But then. we go again, because the thing was that uh, we'd obviously, we're t- it's 78 minutes, there wasn't long to go, 
and I was stood on the side and I jokingly said, oh, let's do the penenka <laughs> for the bingo. And Jake turned around to me and he did not look happy. <laughs> uh, luckily, Joe didn't hear me say it, but um, that would that would have been... The keeper did dive to his left, so he would have been all right if um, if he did do it, but that's not the point. You, at that point, when you're, you're scoring to win the game, you've just got to put it in the back of the net and, and hold on to what you've got. But... Yeah, going going into the the next week, the the UCFB football bingo is looking like this. The first team have got four. The second team are sweating with two. The third team have got five, and the women's team have now caught up and are raring to go with two as well. So you and Dylan are now sort of head to head now. Um, we've just got to sort of be careful. Me and Connor have just got to sort of be careful that we don't get caught up as well. Yeah, I'm not sweating too much yet. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'd you'd have to have a real stinker to come last. But I don't even think you'd have to have a stinker. I think every other team would have to have a really good season. Because to get five out of those ten, and let's say you get a couple more as well. I just think one, I'm at the point now where the ones that I've got left are ones that are going to be hard to get, like the Penenka, the overhead kick. Yeah. Like the stuff like that that's just like going to be one of them things where it either happens or it don't. You can't yeah. really force it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're like, if we're winning by a few good few goals, maybe I'd be like tempted to be like, oh, I've got to do the Penenka, lads. Like, just. <laughs> I, I just think that with the, I think the Ronaldo celebration is something that is definitely attainable for yeah. the team. Um, and then after that, it's again, like you say, it's not something you can really force. You could kind of force a hat trick by maybe, let's say if you get yeah. a penalty or something yeah. like that. or But yeah, in terms of assists or or penenkas or winning by 10 goals or more it's it the 10 goals one looks unlikely for us just because of the caliber of opposition we're facing i thought we might have had a chance if we'd have say drawn a lesser team in the cup but uh then in the next round of the cup we've got someone in the same league as us so it's it's going to be looking like another tough fixture um but yeah at the minute i i'm feeling comfortable uh with our four hopeful that we'll get five on wednesday and then from there, it's sort of just just keep up, keep one eye over our shoulders and make sure that that you guys aren't catching us up because I don't want to be doing that forfeit. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to get grafted on that Ronaldo celebration and some of the chance in the next couple of weeks just to give me some breathing room. But what happens if these two end up on the same? Ooh, oh, that's we, we haven't, haven't thought we about haven't that. Actually, discussed that. Do you know what I think we do? We put it to the people. Oh. And we do a vote. We give them twenty four hours, maybe maybe a bit longer, you know. Yeah. Give you time to recruit some family members into voting oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a, a public vote. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of time left in the season. You know, it might it might be one of you two that's yeah near, near yeah or, that's a, that's could, a point. Could be you two that are tied. Yeah. Me and Dylan if it, could if be it, on ten. If it's tied, we could also do like a rock paper scissors. Imagine all four of us are tied. What would we do? I don't know. I think it's very unlikely that all four of us are going to be tied. Very. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. But two people being tied, I could see that happening. Yeah. Well, or, or even three. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I'm backing my girls. I reckon, uh, I, reckon I, can, I can scrape a victory here. Yeah. So as Dylan is away again this week, with he's still away ill with his operation, we have caught up with second team player... 
Aero. So, Aero, how did you guys get on last week? Yeah, um, of course, we had a, a long journey ahead of us. It was a, around two-hour two travel. Um, we arrived at the ground. ground was not the best, to say the least. It was quite muddy. The, the pitch was quite broken up. But uh, we had the bare 11 as well. And we ended up um, coming up with a 3-0 win. Um, and last week you had quite a depleted squad, didn't you? I think there were only 12 players there altogether and you had to have someone else yeah. in goal. Um, who went in goal and how did that go? Um, we had one of our uh, managerial um, assistants going goal, uh, Josh went in goal. And he done well, to be fair. He had two clean catches and he, admittedly, I have to say, he even cleared one off the line. So he, he done well. And I think, to be fair, Luca was a bit scared about coming back and I don't know if he's still got his place in the squad. <laughs> so, yeah, just how big of a win do you think that was? I think it was your first clean sheet of the season as well. So, uh, with, especially with the bare 11 players, not not your uh, first choice keeper, I think. How, how big of a win do you think that was? Yeah, um, mentally for the back four, more than anything, it was a great, um, great win. As you said, we kept our first clean sheet of the season, which um, we were over the moon with. Um, we felt that we played well, but collectively as a team, we could have scored... A lot more. It was a game where Dwayne had a couple chances. Um, Sam Mercer had a couple chances that could have went in. Two cleared off the line by Dwayne um, from Dwayne. Sorry. So I think we we done well. And as a back four, we was all happy with the clean sheet. But it was easily a game where it could have been six or seven. Sounds like a big win considering the circumstances. So yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. does a what does a win like that do for team spirit and and? Going on from this win, how far do you think this team can go this year? Honestly, as a player in the team, team spirits are very high at the moment. Everyone's getting on with each other. There's a lot of banter in the squad. Um, everything's quite high. And we have set ourselves uh, big standards of trying to go unbeaten this um, this season. We feel like we should be challenging very well for the league, if not winning it, and also for the cup. All right, perfect. Thank you, Aero. That's brilliant. Cheers, mate. No worries. Thank you. If you're a student in Wembley, you definitely know about Blue Check Wednesdays. From 10.30 onwards, you can get in for free, so make sure you don't miss out. This week's segment of Away Days, uh, Marley travels with the first to King's College, where they picked up a 4-3 win. This is what Jack Stockwell had to say about the ground. Quite now, can't I? All right, so we've just beaten Kings 4-3 in the cup onto the next round, but obviously this is away days. So what is your re first rating for the changing rooms? Changing rooms, they, they, they look like they're like a portal cabin. But um, as you can tell, we're all buzzing. Initiation time um, from the third day, great today. Uh, in the change rooms, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't great until you opened the shower door and individual showers they were unbelievable hot steamy you can't ask more for showers they, they boost it i'm gonna give it a solid 7.3 out of 10. lovely lovely so next obviously after you've gotten ready got out onto the pitch how was the pitch uh the pitch was a tough one i thought it'd be similar to sjp uh but it was, it was a lot lot wetter so the ball was skidding a lot so in the first 20 minutes you don't know what to do your touch you don't know over hit the pass under hit it so it had took a bit of getting used to but once we got used to it, played play to it to our strengths and obviously won today. So the pitch gets a solid 7.8 from me. Okay, <laughs> brilliant. Um, and lastly, last but not least, the home support. How, how, how well were Kings supported today? Obviously, we weren't actually at their home ground. We were at the University of Greenwich today. But even still, how was their support? 
it was poor. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see any fans, if I'm honest. I think I think we had better support from subs. Um, you know, their their line, their their sub was their line. Oh, uh, um, so I'll give I'll give the, their home support a free. I'll give I'll give, give it a free. It's a great age. Thank you for listening to Away Days. <laughs> Right, so that was Jack there on the fourth instalment of Away Days. We were obviously away to King's College. Um, but we was actually at the University of Greenwich campus, um, to be fair to them. But they got a solid 18.1 out of 30, just because Jack wanted to put those decimal places in. Yep. That puts them second on the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a good ground. We're getting some close scores in the last couple of weeks. I think that's what's that, a 14, 18, 19... Yeah. yeah, all in the teens. Great age. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, you love that ending to the interview. Got to get that soccer AM. Um, it sounded like a brilliant party atmosphere on on in that changing room. Well, yeah, no, you 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 obviously had the the music on. There was the thirds doing their initiations, and and there were some great initiations. And I think everyone was just in a good mood because of not only the fact that we won and we got through, but it was the manner in which we did it. You know, we stayed together. It was, it was, uh, you had to dig in, it we really worked for it. And I think it was the kind of performance that you needed before uh, this week when we faced top of the table. It's, it was the kind of performance where you you needed to show a bit of character. It would, I don't think, as much as you everyone wants to walk over every team they play, mm. I don't think that would have put us in good stead going into the Hertfordshire game. No, I think you're right. I think, you know, winning by a, a landslide victory is a good feeling and, and everything but I think it's the games where you've really got to grind out a result that give you confidence um, so yeah as you said going into a, a big fixture this week that's that's going to be big for the confidence of the team I actually don't think there is a better feeling than winning, scoring a late winner in a game I think yeah winning 9-10-0 is good but if, if you're drawing 3-3 with 10 minutes to go and you get that that winning goal I think it's a great feeling yeah it's all the emotion coming at once rather yeah. than spread over 90 minutes when it's half time you're like oh we've won this Let's go and score some more. I think it's um, very differing emotions between your two teams this week. You had the devastating last minute minute winner for the opposition, whereas you had it for for the home side. So yeah, we we probably inflicted the kind of feeling that you felt on Kings. Yeah, I th- I, I mean I um I bet the mood in the St Mary's dressing room after that uh, after their win last week would have been absolutely fantastic. So um, yeah, again it's it's. One of them. So they gave the ground. Was it seven point eight out of ten? Yeah, they gave the 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 pitch seven point eight out of ten. It was it was Astro like SJP, which I think is what Jack was alluding to there. But it was very long Astro. Like the grass on it was quite long. It was more like a carpet to be honest. It was, it was, and it and like you said, it was really really slippery. So that there was a lot of loose touches in the opening stages. But when once the players got used to it, I think it was all right. It was a nice pitch. It was, but it was not. It, do you know what I mean, it had plenty of room on it. It wasn't like a tiny pitch like some of the pitches we've been at um, in previous seasons and stuff. But yeah, it, it, and what we always like to see is it had a dugout, a nice bench to sit on. So when it did start raining, we had a bit of cover. We do like that. There's um, nothing worse than having you, to stand you there. You definitely before. got the uh, the first team treatment because we played at Greenwich Uni, I think, for the first instalment of away days and we got put on the grass pitch around the back. Mm-hmm. You had to go through a security gate to get there, right out in the back sticks. So um, I think it ended up getting like a minus two or whatever it was. Yeah, because when we found out that we were going there, the the, the boys were looking a bit sheepish, knowing what what you guys had given the um, the 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 pitch 
the first instalment of Away Days, but um, obviously, yeah, the, maybe the, we, the first team treatment. Maybe we could add a separate section to the scoring for um, for people travelling with the squad. So if there is a dugout, is it is it good for the media man on a on an away day? Oh, you do love a dugout, don't you? Sit in, yeah, sit in the wall. You, not even a dugout, just a chair. A yeah. chair is yeah. nice because just some shelter. When you've got, a chair, yeah, <laughs> when you've got a laptop and there's no chair. <laughs> And you're like you're you, you've got very few choices. You either hold the laptop in one hand, which makes whatever you're doing on it ridiculous, because a laptop was made to be used with two hands, or you've got to like put it on a bag and like squat or kneel or. But just having a chair makes all the difference. But then if it does rain, like Connor said, the shelter is 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 ideal. Yeah. So that was the best of both worlds, Hannah Montana style. But you had a good you had a good experience at yeah, the, at the yeah, Greenwich pitches. I, 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 it was one of the better pitches I've been to. It was one of the better pitches I've been to. Yeah, I, I did enjoy walking past it en route to where we were playing when we went there. So it did, <laughs> did look nice as we got like told we weren't allowed on that one. So <laughs> That's it for part two. Big thank you to everyone who entered our giveaway that we did with Blue Check last week. Um, myself and Marley spoke to Reese Solomon who won that uh, bottle of Prosecco. Um quick disclaimer we had had a couple of pints so we we're, were feeling a bit merry um but this is the interview and this is what he had to say so we're here with the the competition winner Reece solomon how do you feel right now oh absolutely honored means the world to me to win something uh yeah i'm gassed can't lie from so many entrants it was a massive win tell us Against all of the odds, did you think you were going to win it today? Oh, absolutely not. I was, uh, I was very surprised when I came out victorious. And uh, what can I say? Always, uh, always getting them dubs, you know. Welcome back to part three of the UCFB football podcast. For this segment, we have got a very interesting concept. If your teams could bring back one player who has since graduated and left UCFB, who would you bring back and why? One player. Like, who do you think your squads could do with right now to give them that extra bit more and why? I think this is a pretty easy choice um, for the Women's Academy. And I've heard multiple people on the sidelines say, oh, if we just had this player that we had last year, things would, would be going a lot better for us. It would calm us down and make us a lot more of a, 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 lot more of a unit that was difficult to break down. Um, and that person is Anya Kinane. Um, I spoke about her last week on the pod um, when we did our FIFA card rating things. Um, and she was absolutely fantastic. She was a massive presence in the middle of midfield. Um, and she was one of those players that would, would bully people off the ball. She was fantastic defensively. I think she plays as a centre-back at club level. Um, so defensively, she's very sound. But we played her in the centre of the park because she was able to pick up the ball and dribble past a few players, and she had a fantastic long shot on her as well. Um, and being such a such a big presence, she was always a threat from corners. Um, so there was always a always a target for for any kind of set pieces for UCFB to aim at. And I think with this season, where we've struggled in games to to keep control and to to grab games by the scruff of the neck, um, it would be it would be really beneficial to have a have a player like that. So. Um, that's why I've gone with Anya. I could have gone with centre back Danielle Maloney. She was fantastic as well before she left. Um, but uh, I think the stability that we need is is in the middle of the park, and that's why I've gone with Anya. 
Um, what about you, Connor? Who would you go with for the thirds? Um, I think for me, it's not necessarily a player that we are lacking in that position, but I think just purely because of how good of a player he was, uh, mine's going to have to be Ryan Haywitt. I know um, he has gained notoriety playing for the firsts in that unbelievable season they had where they reached the cup final, but he also did play for the thirds. So, um, yeah, I just think paired in even like in a back three with Jordan and Marley, I think our, our defence would just be so solid. I think um, that is it's more or less unbeatable unless you, we come up against some really, really high-quality opposition. So, yeah, I think like not necessarily... We don't need a better defender because uh, obviously Marley and Jordan are two very solid centre-backs. But I think with back three, maybe giving the uh, the full-backs some freedom to move a bit further forward, I think we'd be so secure at the back with them three because they're three very good good defenders. Um, I think Ryan's got also quite a bit of pace. He's quite tall. Yeah, I just think he'd really make us unstoppable, really, as a as a unit. So He's also got that ability to step out and drive into the midfield from the back three. So he makes that formation quite fluid as well, I think. But yeah, I, I think, think that would yeah. be a great addition to the to the third team. It, we're paired up with the two high-quality centre-backs we've got, as it is, I think, yeah, I think we'd be a real force to be reckoned with. I think, yeah, it would be a difficult one to to make that pick for the thirds because you're already having such a flyer of a season you know you're not leaking goals and you're scoring at will um so yeah i mean you could you could pretty much pick anyone from the past and just add them to the squad and yeah i think mine was just purely based on the caliber of player that we've had rather than a position that we're lacking at the minute yeah because i think yeah all round as a team we're very solid that makes sense marley who would you go for for the firsts i've gone for uh dom thompson who's a left back um that graduated last year um, and that's no no disrespect to Jack, but Jack Stockwell, who, was, who we heard from earlier on the away days segment, he's been brilliant at left back. Um, but left back is the only position where we don't have cover should Jack be injured. So I think just another left back in that squad gives, say if Jack does get injured or, or is unavailable one week, we have a bit of cover at left back. So I've gone for Dom Thompson to be inserted into that squad. And I think he would... He'd fit in well with the group in terms of the possession, the possession game we play, and he's, he he was always flying up and down, up and down that left hand side, and he could also play it on the left side, like the wing back left side of a back back three as well in in the midfield, play as a left wing back, so it gives it gives you a bit more versatility as well in terms of formations and and tactics and stuff like that, but yeah, I think Dom Thompson was was where my mind immediately shot to just where there are a bit of shortcomings in terms of squad depth in the first team uh, obviously I spoke about Danielle Maloney I'd also chuck Ellen Clarabert into the conversation there are there any um, honourable mentions that uh, you also pondered before making your final decision um, yeah yeah there's a few there's a few Jack Cleveley Radzi Regan Scotcher just for his versatility his work ethic he was a great player uh, Blakey, Stevo, basically just everyone from from that season. It was such a great squad. Um, and then going back to my first year, uh, Brian Simpson. He was a, he's a fantastic player. I loved watching him play. Um, Jordan Clements, the skipper, my first year. He was a great player as well. Um, Charlie Daniel, another great player. Um, his problem was just that he got injured far too much. Mm. He just he was just always always seemed to have a niggle or something like that. Um, Joe Lewis is another great one because he could play in midfield and in defence so you've got that versatility again Yeah. Um, but yeah 
so many there's been so many great players for the first team it's it was almost hard to pick one but the selection of Dom just sort of made sense based on the squad we've already got at the minute do you have any honourable mentions Connor? Uh, I think it's difficult for me because obviously I did cover the seconds up until this last, mm. last year so um, uh, maybe uh, Dwayne Grizzle who's manager player manager of the seconds I think he had a good season from what I could see Max Graham was very assured in that side uh, Jake Mann uh, was a quality little midfielder I think he played for the seconds um, while I was with him as well for a, a certain amount of time yeah I think he went all across uh, yeah he played for the first last year as well in that cup run he was actually um, really good for us as well yeah Michael Sweetman yeah the bagsman uh, yeah I think there's, there, I could probably if, I, if I'd if i worked with them more closely I could probably name loads all, all of the teams at UCFB have had some, some great players yeah so big pool of players to choose from difficult yeah. to pick just one out isn't it quite a few of them swap across the teams as well so there's, there's yeah, there's a lot of players that have played in like like Jake Mann that's played in all three teams at some point in their UCFB career. I think that's what made it quite easy for for me uh, looking at the women's academy. Obviously, there's only one team, and there's that and the fact that the, there aren't as many girls at our uni as there are as there are men. So, um, so yeah, it was a pretty easy choice for me. I'd say Lily Stevens as well deserves a shout. She's an absolute baller, um, and you know a goalkeeper. If we could, Chantal Church was fantastic. Um, in 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 the first season that I covered the women's team, and obviously as I was speaking about earlier, we're, we're missing a goalkeeper. Um, so you know, to, to have someone week in week out like her would would be fantastic. That's the end of part three. Stick around for part four. We will be looking forward to this week's fixtures. Hello and welcome back to part four, uh, where we're going to be looking forward to this week's fixtures. So where are you this week, boys? I am back at SJP back home and it's a massive game for the first team it's huge it is possibly our biggest game to date this season um, and I think at the at the way the league is balanced now every league game is every game now is must win for UCFB because obviously the cup you, you can't lose to go out and the league we can't afford to not win now because um, the way the league table set up uh, Hertfordshire are top of the table on nine points and then you've got uh Three teams in second, all on four points, and UCFB are one of those. Um, so if we manage to beat Hertfordshire, that puts us within two points of them, and then we're basically relying on them just getting a draw or a loss, slipping up somewhere to then catch them again. So we're yeah, UCFB are now in a position where every game is must win. Um, obviously, the boys are fired up for this week, having lost three one to them on 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 the opening day of the season. They want to get a bit of re- retribution get a bit of revenge. Um, and I, I think they all feel like they've got something to prove because all of them know that, that that first game of the season wasn't them at their best. Um, but it's finally poised um, for the, the league table for a cracking end to the season. It's gonna. I, I think it will go right to the wire. Yeah, I think this one's really big for you. You know, it's all well and good saying we need to win the rest of our games, but this one in particular, to make sure that uh, Hertfordshire don't pick up those points and to keep them within touching distance, if you can put the pressure on this week... Um, and close that gap to two points, then they're going to be feeling that pressure throughout the rest of the season. Well, if they beat us, the gap goes to eight points, which I then think, you know, with six games to go, it's not impossible, mm. but it's it, it makes it a lot more difficult than Improbable. it has to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this week is definitely a, a must win. What time's your kickoff? We are a three o'clock kickoff. All right. So the women's team will be kicking off at 1 pm. Uh, we're at home to Chichester at Silver Jubilee Park. 
played Chichester on the opening day of the season um, at their place and uh, it was a 2-1 defeat on that day. So again, just like just like you guys, we'll be looking for a bit of revenge and I would say even more so than, than for the first, this is a must win. Chichester are five points ahead of us in the league and we're currently bottom and we need to start picking up points pronto if we're gonna if we're gonna be able to catch up with the rest of the pack chichester come off the back of a 4-1 win um so they're they're going to be in good stead so it's going to be again a really tough day uh, we're going to need to make sure that we're at the top of our game if we're gonna if we're gonna take the points we are on the road again for the fourth time in a row it's almost can't remember what a home game feels like at this point uh but yeah we're away to bucks new uni threes uh, the team that we absolutely destroyed 11-1 on opening day. So don't want to uh, curse it, but I'm expecting another fairly fairly big result. Maybe a few, quite a few goals, maybe a few chances to get me some ticks on them bingo boxes. We're obviously at the top of our league. They're, they're near the bottom, I think either bottom or second bottom. So I don't like saying easy result because there's no easy results. Like you never know on the day, but based on, based on our first game against them, it should be a win. Hopefully. You'd expect to win it, yeah. So the seconds are away to Goldsmiths, who currently sit bottom of the table. They have played three games and they've only managed to win one and they've lost the other two. And UCFB, in fact, have a game on hand on this team and they've still got double the points that they've got with six uh, points. So so UCFB will be hoping for another win just to extend their lead at the top. But nothing is promised in this league. Nothing is promised in any league, um, so they're definitely going to have to come with their A game. Hopefully some good results for UCFB this week. Uh, that reminds me you saying about the support. I've got it on good authority that because the rugby game has been cancelled this week, that we are going to have the rugby ultras oh, in the yes. stands for the biggest game of the season, which is obviously going to be a massive boost. I don't think it's something that the Hertfordshire players are, are used to, and I'm pretty sure they've picked up a couple, cu- couple cards this season, maybe even a red card. So to have have those those fans getting into their heads and and you know it, it adds an extra element to the game, an extra dimension. It's something else for the Hertfordshire players to worry about, whereas the UCFB players can just focus on the result, focus on getting the three points. And um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a really good atmosphere down at SJP. Um, hopefully they'll be there for the women's game to spur them on as well. Or yeah. are you guys away? Uh, we're at home. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they do show up early for the for the women's game. Last week was the first time that we really felt the home support uh, backing us as much as it was. Obviously the thirds didn't have a fixture, um, so they came down to support. And the lift that it gives the team is you you can see it on the pitch. It's massive, and um, you know you feel you feel sorry for the opposition goalkeeper who's who's right right in front of those supporters. Um, taking the the brunt of the abuse. It usually is the opposition goalkeeper, but sometimes it's just the player that gives it a bit back. Because yeah. you know, you know, you can almost talk yourself into trouble. Yeah. With with a, a little nibble here or a little nibble there, nibbling back on 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 whatever the fans are saying. I think, but it's hard to you know keep your head in the game. Yeah. Because because uni players won't be used to that sort of that sort of distraction. Yeah, exactly. I don't think any player at this level would be completely able to honestly say that it doesn't doesn't get to them at all just because they're, they're not used to playing in front of a crowd like that um yeah i think it, it does get into opposition's heads and it it is a factor that ucfb have that a lot of a lot of universities don't the last time the rugby boys were at a fixture we saw 20 ucfb goals in two games so hopefully they have that same effect just just on the women's team would be nice oh, just, i would love a, i would love a big C5 win this or week six. I would love a big win, um, and if if the ultras can play a part in that, then that would be amazing. 
Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday at Blue Check Wembley. Make sure you grab your four shots for a tenner. Take care.